Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. Zwift is interval workouts, training plans, and massive online group rides made fun. Because fun works, and fun gets results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com to try it today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We are back from the Tour de France. I know there's been a little gap uh, in between podcasts, but now we are back and we are here to talk about everything cycling. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au/slash cycling central, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me in the studio today is Wes Salzberger. Wes, how are you? I'm very good. I guess you must be somewhat recovered now yeah looking a little bit tired still <laughs> i think what i was told is i'm looking too tanned for someone that's been working but uh, i have been working <laughs> <So>. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but i am looking it's a bit strange when you go and spend that much of time in europe uh, and then you come back to the australian winter especially melbourne everyone looks under tanned and i'm look over tanned so <laughs> it's the atmosphere in the uh, in the office um where's you're joining us today for this podcast of course dave mckenzie is not with us today because he's still in Spain. Uh, the Vuelta is about to start and we'll talk about this, of course. Um, let's talk about what has been happening in the world of cycling and let's start straight away. I want to play a little game of good move, bad move with you. Uh, let's talk transfer. This, Since, sounds, this sounds like a game show. I know. <laughs> should have buzzers, you know. Uh, but it's been a lot happening in uh, in the world of transfer and I know every inter-season, every seasons are pretty much the same, but uh, we have some strange ones. Uh, this year, so if we go through some of the of the big ones, uh, good move, bad move. Tom Dumoulin leaving Sunweb to uh, Jumbo Visma. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, I mean that team has been incredible this year. So yeah, it it it, it feels like a bad move, but I, I think the Lotto is a great team as well. So I don't think it's a bad move. I think um, for him, he's obviously looking for, to progress and move on. So mm-hmm. if he's ready to go, which he is, because he's moved on, so I'd say good move for him. Because that Sunweb. Uh, mm. A year for him has been outrageous. Mm. He's been probably one of his worst year he's ever had in cycling. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah, and that regroup and refocus, new team, new environment. Uh, even when riders um, are fully, you know, happy with the team, they can still choose to to take that step and move on. So, you know, he, he, obviously this year's been challenging for him, uh, and the, maybe the new, fresh change of environment and team structure will will work for his favour. And what about the team uh, Jumbo Visma itself? Because the performance was. Borderline amazing at the mm. Tour de France. They mm. had a very good Tour de France. They mm. have a very good season so far. Is Tom Dumoulin the rider they are just missing to be that team that could challenge the likes of Ineos? I mean, it's going to change the the structure of having uh, someone like Tom Dumoulin on the team. So you know whether we'll see that same uh, you know lineup of riders going to the Tour. You know they had a pretty brass, broad um, vast um, you know depth in that team. So you know setting it up for say a GC hopeful will definitely change the dynamics of that team mm-hmm. and probably change some of the feeling for the riders on the team. So someone like Cruz Vike, do you think is is how is he feeling? Is he feeling great? Dumoulin is joining us, or he's saying, "Come on, I, I should be that outright leader." Should we really have a discussion about leadership in that team? I mean, well, the decisions made there by by signing Dumoulin. So mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah, obviously he, he probably uh, you know he's got. They would have talked to him about it uh, most likely, um, but yeah, it wouldn't be uh, probably to his his liking. I'd I'd say. Okay, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Philippe Gilbert, 
Philippe Gibia is an interesting mm. one. Is uh, is we know is is uh, focused for next year. Uh, you know, he's mm. missing just one classics mm. in in his uh, in his whole uh, era of cycling. But he's uh, coming from Dukinik to Lotto Soudal. Mm -hmm. Good move, but bad move. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd say probably bad move um, from from leaving mm -hmm. leaving leaving where he is. Um, Cause yeah. Like Dukinik, we have to remind everyone that Dukinik quick step are pretty much owning the classics yeah. and they're owning the one day bike race. They have that Wolfpack, you know that you know that, that team environment and that Wolfpack they have going on uh, is something pretty hard to walk away of for for, for someone like Philip Gilbert. But obviously, you know he's not feeling that maybe he's he's the key key player there mm -hmm. um, for that classics campaign with with a vast array of riders they have on their lineup. Absolutely. So that's going to be an interesting one. Another interesting one, which we can open up a whole debate about it, Dan Martin, mm. leaving UAE to go to Israel Cycling Academy. Good move, bad move? I'm going to say bad move. It's just a, it's a big gamble um, because you haven't got a grand tour locked in. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were for the start of the Giro, uh, the Israel Cycling Team Academy cycling team were part of that uh, but, but because know, the tour the Giro started in Israel exactly so now you know it, most likely definitely not a, a Tour de France start so he, he's he's uh, obviously comfortable with writing that off but I'm sure he'd be wanting to at least do the Giro or the Volta um, and having a, a rider like Dan Martin on that team does give him the potential and possibility of starting um, either the Giro or the Volta. Definitely not the Tour unless something crazy happens and they sign a, a lot of other French riders or yeah, something they before. Need, they, need a, they need six they need, other French riders. They need some flavour there, don't they? <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say it's not not the best move uh, for him to to go to that team. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to be a strange one. We got another one: Henrik Mas leaving the Kinnick to go to Movistar because there's not a move from Movistar. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, but uh, Henrik Mas uh, had big expectation this year with uh, with the Kinnick Quick Stop, and his problem was one name: Alaphilippe, mm -hmm. uh, that became the outright leader of. The that team for the tour, uh, good move or bad move for Edric Mass? Yeah, I mean that definitely has been overshadowed there by Philippe, but so is the whole peloton. So yeah. he, he can't feel bad about that <laughs> at all. Uh, but yeah, I'd say him moving on now is is probably a good time for him to step up and and take that um, the reins of what he probably had hoped for. Um, what Al Philippe sort of stole from not just him but the whole peloton. Yeah, uh, but Movistar as as itself, we know Quintana is leaving, is going to Arkea. We'll talk about this in, in a sec. But uh, this this team Movistar is always been very interesting in the way they behave especially at the Grand Tour I think Maka and I debated mm -hmm. it and Maka was extremely vocal yeah. uh, actually against Movistar and their tactics but having someone like Henrik Mas we know he's probably a future great he's mm -hmm. definitely a great climber he's definitely a great GC potential uh, do they need someone like Henrik Mas or are they already planning to nurture him for the after Valverde uh, well, that, well, that sort of time well Valverde is just for like, whenever he's leaving he's like he's like <laughs> A very vintage but, wine, isn't he? Just yeah. keeps getting better and better, and he he hasn't he hasn't gone stale yet. So, you know, I definitely. I mean, they they see that, and Valverde can't go on forever, even though it seems that way. Mm -hmm. um, so they really do need that the young up and coming stars to to rise through and to, to lead that team. So they are thinking for the future there. So I'd say that's a good move. That's a good move. Okay, uh, Vincenzo Nibali going from Bahrain Merida to Trek Segafredo. Good move or bad move? 
I'd say a good move for him um, to to move on. I think obviously he's got to battle it up against Richie there, but they've you know they've signed him, so they've taken in that uh, you know that almost that backup. But he's not not really a backup rider, is he? No. So that, with that <laughs> side of it, uh, you know, obviously him going to that team, he'll probably be thinking of not just the Giro but the Tour de France. So that's where it becomes really interesting the dynamics of that team now, having you know R- Richie Port, which which was signed there for the Tour de France lineup and hopeful, uh, you know, but. Nibali is uh, is just right his own as a, as a leader there as well mm-hmm. and and potentially uh you know can go for the tour win, but uh yeah it's certainly going to be a challenging one for that team now and that's really going to um to uh, interesting to see how that plays out now with having Richie Port and uh, Nibali on the same team there. Yeah, absolutely. So good move for Nibali, not mm. necessarily a good move for Richie Port. Uh, yeah. It has to be said. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, not a great one for him, but I'd say a yeah, good one for Nibali. And for Bahrain as well, uh, leaving mm. uh, someone like Vincenzo Nibali behind with all the drama that has happened as well as the tour. Mm. But Bahrain also, you know, backing that up with having Mikel Lander uh, yeah, join exactly. the team. So, you know, that, that's a, I think that's a good move for, for Lander and, and definitely with Nibali moving on uh, of Lander being an outright leader there. So good move for him. Okay, Viviani, Ella Viviani, uh, leaving the Kenny Quick Step again, uh, mm. but to move towards someone's Cofidis. Cofidis, a team that we've had a pleasure to, uh, as, mm. as a joke, as a running joke. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a stage at the Tour de France since 2008, I believe. Mm. Uh, does that mean someone like Elia Viviani is a proper hope for at least a stage win next year at the Tour de France? I mean, well, we saw that uh, you know that Bohani uh, actually had some really good support there in the Tour de France a couple of years back, and they you know they could could lead a, a good train and actually got really organised. So, I mean, if Viviani is taking some other riders there, I mean, he's going to need support. Mm-hmm. Um, the team that we saw line up in this year's Tour de France for Cofidis, you know, obviously could nowhere near support uh, a lead out train of of Viviani sort of standard. So. He's going to have to get a bit scrappy. Uh, he is a sprinter, but it's not his style. He really does like that lead-out train. So I think it's uh, a challenging uh, move for him to move on to a team like Cofidis uh, and, a, and a bit of a we'll, we'll hope and see. But overall, I, I, I can't see it being... I'd say I'd say bad move, but it's going to play out. We may be maybe proven wrong, but I'd say bad move. Initially thoughts. Yeah, yeah. he's he's bringing a European jersey winner though mm. uh, into the the kitty into for for Kofidis. So they will have a winner, mm. a, a, a world level winning uh, jersey in that team. How much can this bring into a team like Kofidis into well, if they are in that mindset of rebuilding this team? Well, you know that's funny you say that because. Um, there used to be uh, the Estonian rider that was the national champion. Uh, he always said that the the team with Kofidis actually uh, didn't like him wearing the national champion's jersey because uh, it took away from from the jersey and team lineup, which yeah. is quite you know, it's a bit odd, really, because it is a it is more publicity in most other teams' eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's interesting that 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 uh, the times have moved on and the the way we'll see this as as uh, you know bringing a jersey to team and bringing spotlight. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and then yeah, and the way he won as well, the mm-hmm. European Championship wasn't a lead-out train. He went uh, not solo because he was as a pair. I uh, think he was practicing. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> He's practicing new tactics. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that was a factor. He went, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll sign the dotted line. I think I can, I can scrap through this. Maybe, yeah. maybe he called Robbie McEwen up and asked him how to do it. Matteo <laughs> uh, Trentin uh, leaving uh, Mitchelton Scott, which I think is a big loss for Mitchelton Scott. Going to CCC, a good move or a bad move? I'd say good move for him. Uh, you know, unfortunate for for Mitchell and Scott. Um, yeah, very very big shoes to fill for for Mitchell and Scott after he's him been, leaving. He's, he's been really good for for Mitchell and Scott. Absolutely, he's been yeah one of the vital key players.
players. You've got Daryl as well. That's, yeah. a, that's a really Darryl. strong leader there for for uh, Mitchelton. Um, but but that was good that Daryl uh, had that had that other shadow there as well to, to move on because, you know, Daryl's not a pure climber, but he can do everything, that guy. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Nasser Bouani as well, leading mm. Kofidis uh, to go to uh, Arkea. Mm-hmm. I think I want to extend this with the fact mm. that we're talking about Arkea recruiting uh, Naro Quintana. Mm. They're recruiting uh, Bouani, Bargil. They still have Griper. It sounds like a Lolix wearable. I know, it? I know. Um, <laughs> You know, what is that team about? Yeah, I mean... That structure I, is strange. I, I don't think there is a real ethos built there in that team. Um, it's quite a strange one. Greipel joining that team uh, from the get-go there as well, hoping that I could see him building some sort of structure there. You know, he's, he's you know, a, a very seasoned professional and, and could influence the team a lot on his direction and what he feels. But going to a team that is from Brittany... Mm. With their rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with, 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 their, with their... I don't know if he's the leader, but uh, mm. charismatic leader, Bargill, from mm-hmm. Brittany as well. Yes. We know why he made that team. But we're talking a team with Greipel, Bargill, mm. Buani, and Naro Quintana. That's already four. Mm. Out yeah. of seven potential starters of a Grand Tour or everything else during the year. Yeah. It's a bit it, of a mixed match. It does sound like someone got excited with the checkbook there, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is a really, a really uh, quite, a, quite a vast mix of riders that they've sort of pulled together there. And, you know, whether it doesn't sound like they've, uh, they've you know, they've, they've actually had a, had a chat with the riders about who's going where. I mean, sure, the riders were asking that question, but. Yeah, it it is going to be a strange one to see how that plays out, and hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, they can they can play all those those cards uh, correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then one last one I want to talk about uh, Nathan Haas uh, and the future or his future and Katusha as well. Let's listen to uh, uh, Nathan Haas. Man, I think you know as much as I know. <laughs> I think uh, you know. I, I think it's a cool team. Um, it's got a lot going for it. it hasn't been a, a super easy last 18 months results wise for the team but I think the ethos is still really good um, you know whether it continues or not I'm pretty confident that it will and if it doesn't continue as Katusha I think it'll be some kind of a merger which you know also I've been on teams that have merged before with uh, with Garm and Cannondale and, and I thought that was a really cool exciting sort of different note for that team and, and I think it set it up for you know the successful team that it is now uh, so you know, we'll see. I think I think in the next month, everyone will probably know what's going on. But for now, we don't. Do you have any idea about your future? Or give us any hints or tell us what it might rhyme with. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with cycling team. <laughs> no, no, I've, no, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've got a philosophical view on on what's coming out in the next few months, and uh, you know, I'll be a bike rider next year. So as Nathan has uh, two interesting facts in what he just said. One, talking about the merger. He's mentioning a merger, which mm. has been the talk of the town yes. uh, between Katusha and, and other teams and how that team could actually survive. Mm-hmm. But also, he's going to be at the bike race. So he's not saying, but he's, he feels like he's a lot secure in his future anyway. Yeah, it, it seems he's like... He's not talking about the bike race around the corner. He's talking about professional bike race. Yeah, exactly. So Nathan Haas, very seasoned professional. He's probably, if he's not staying in the team or 
or or you know, I'd say he's already signed somewhere else. In, in the way he was speaking in that interview, um, he sounded very confident that yeah, he'll he'll be on the start line at a bike race. So I'd say he's probably chose to move on, even though he talked about the merger and how that can impact the team and really create, you know, an even better team than environment that it currently is. But uh, I'd say by the sounds of that, he's probably already moved on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's look at the, at the news. Uh, so of course uh, we will start with the Arctic race uh, that just uh, finished. The last stage was won by Olgaard, but the final winner uh, was Luchenko. A bit of controversy with Bargill. Yeah, uh, there's been a, there's been a lot of. Um, talk and chit-chat and, and bird calling. Yeah, Bargill um, just come straight out with it and said, yeah. said that uh, Gasparotto was an idiot. Uh, so if you're unaware of what happened in that uh, final home stretch in the sprint there, Gasparotto pretty much just stopped pedaling and let the wheel go and actually left a gap uh, and Bargill ended up losing it. Losing, the whole tour by losing one the whole second. T- tour there. And he actually picked up uh, stage um, seconds in, that, in the sprint bonuses as well to mm-hmm. advance ahead to secure his win yeah. which he thought he had coming um, was ready to throw the hands up but unfortunately uh yeah that happens in bike races and uh yeah he's, he's since apologized i think for that yes, remark he did, yeah. Yeah. yeah but you apologize for the remark not for the, the way it happened and you know the the circumstances he apologized for his words that's it you know just maybe using the wrong words but not by the meaning that doesn't the... sound very french at all does it uh, apologizing <laughs> <laughs> uh overall this race which was on, on sbs um it's an interesting mm. race because it's so, such a different landscape, mm. yeah. such a different country to see uh, sort of coming up in mm. the uh, in the world of cycling. Yeah, and having an ambassador like Tor Hushoff as well, um, you know, really getting behind the race. Um, you know, I, I trained a bit with Tor when I was living uh, in Monaco, and he's a guy that really does support uh, you know the junior ranks and the riders coming up. Uh, so it's really great to see him um, stepping up and, and supporting this race um, and making sure that you know there is a, a talent coming through also from his homeland. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, few things we need to mention as well. Uh, Remco Evenpo, mm-hmm. uh, you've got Van der Poel as well. The, the new Sagan. The rise of the mm-hmm. Belgium cycling and the Dutch cycling, those two, we can see that they are going to be the the future great, if not super great. I know we can't mm-hmm. sell them too much too early, mm-hmm. but the achievement we've got with someone like um, Evan Paul, which basically wins the classic San Sebastian, he becomes European champion of uh, of uh, time trial. He was junior champion of uh, world champion of time trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- that pedigree for someone that is 19 years old that started cycling three years ago yeah that's already amazing and you know the culture that already is so ingrained and in depth there in belgium it's just going to build and build isn't it it's going to be crazy when uh you know i'm sure like you know we don't want to jinx him but i'm sure he's going on to to great things here with the with what he's achieved in in you know picking up cycling three years ago is is remarkable yeah and he's with the kinnick quick step which could be an amazing team for him as well because this this is the best place for the new wolfpack i mean he's slotting straight in there into Gilbert's shoes (laughs) big shoes to fill isn't it (laughs) absolutely and then you go uh van der poel Mm. That uh, is still, uh, I think I saw some stats of mm. him for the last year. It's just incredible. He's won every single mountain bike race he's entered into. Uh, there's that's, a not, that's not bad odds, is it? <laughs> yeah, you could, the, bookies the, cyc- are, the bookies wouldn't like him, would they? Or Absolutely. maybe they love him. <laughs> they love him, yeah, the rates are. <laughs> uh, but cyclocross, same thing. Road race, mm-hmm. just incredible. He cracked a little bit in one of the stage of the Arctic race, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's only human. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, only human. He's, he's been put back together a few times as well. He's got it. He had the bandages on him in the Arctic race. I saw yeah. those with it, with his arms up in the air and the bandages on the elbows. Yeah, nothing going to stop this guy. He's the next thing coming through, isn't he? He's a sensation that 
that cycling needs and wants. You know, we've seen you know Sagan follow this path, and it's great to have someone like that as well come through. And and I feel that he's going to develop in his own character with the with the media and that as well. He seems very uh, forward talking to the, to the media, and I think he's going to be a real character and also a real winner. Yeah, absolutely. And at the two, I was talking to his granddad, mm. Raymond Pulidor, uh, which if you're French uh, and if you love cycling, you mm. know who Raymond Pulidor is. He's been second at the Tour de France forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a legend of the of the cycling, at least in France. Uh, that's uh, that's his granddad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, well, he won't join any big dream of a road race before he becomes Olympic champion in Tokyo. <laughs> of mountain bike that's the thing so ah, okay. that's that's the that's the target and then after that we can not talk. a bad target is it I know, first that's thing. <laughs> that's a, tick that little one off and yeah then, just yeah. going to be olympic champion of mountain bike and then yeah. after that we after can start talking do whatever you want yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible yeah and uh, there, there was a really good ad as well with him one of one of the cycling brands as it, it that showed that uh you know that his grandfather and showed that that progression through as well to mm-hmm. him now riding it was a really good ad i can't remember what one it was yeah now. Absolutely, it was uh, that that guy. I think those two are just going to be uh, uh, just incredible in the years to come. Uh, there was also uh, over the last few weeks uh, the death of uh, Björg Landrek. Um, that was, I mean, th- this is sending chills to the spine. Really, it's just horrendous the way it happened, and such a young guy, such a promising guy as well. Again, for Belgian cycling. Mm, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that you know that every time uh, you go out in, in, in a bike race that. It is. It is inevitable. We are exposed to the elements more than any other sport, Christoph. So, it is is a very sad thing to happen, um, and very hard for the, for the peloton to to swallow swallow that one. Um, and it does stay in the front of a lot of people's minds, especially the the riders that are um, you know, they've been in the peloton a long time, and that you know they have families and things like that as well, and other things to think about. So, it does cut back the those little uh, extra sort of half a percentage uh, in terms of uh, some some people's. Uh, uh, you know, opinions on on how much they want to risk in a in a bike race, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it it's a very sad thing to happen, and and all we can do is is uh, you know wish the family and friends of him um, you know the very best in this in this morning. Yeah, absolutely, it was a terrible. Uh, let's talk about the Vuelta uh, because the Vuelta is upon us now. Uh, there's a couple of news around the Vuelta. First of all, uh, we'll talk about the defending champion Simon Yates is not going to be around. I, mean, I think he's already said this a long time ago when the parkour was announced in 2018. He said he was not too sure. He was being very British. I think he was sure. Uh, he just didn't tell. He was sure at the time already. <laughs> Yeah, he's sipping on pina coladas somewhere, isn't he? <laughs> um, what do you make of the Vuelta this oh. year? The Vuelta, uh, it's always always uh, got some interesting little twists and turns in, it, in terms of the dynamics and that of the course. This year, you know, the, the hilltop finishes. Uh, mm-hmm. They they went a few years ago trying to trying to make it uh, like sort of like the Giro of that of those brutal stages, but the stages as well um, being not so long and that format as well. I think it's it's a great step forward for for cycling and Grand Tours. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting uh, viewing. It's going to be uh, uh, check your local guides, but it's of course on SBS on uh, on HD as well because it's going to be on SBS Vailus. HD. Uh, the first stage starts a bit late, 2.45, I think, a.m. or 2 a.m., mm-hmm. but after that, it's a more civilized 11 p.m. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I can cope with that. Absolutely. Let's talk about, uh, so in the Vuelta, there's a couple of n- noticeable. So we talked about Mitchelton Scott in a, a little bit just with Simon Yates. Uh, Esteban Chavez, uh, is he hopeful for this for this race? 
I mean, I will, will, uh, you know, Mitchell and Scott are are hopeful that he's hopeful because it's definitely, uh, you know, with their tour that and the and sort of the rebound that they had with the four stage wins, I think it was in the end. Uh, you know, that, they really wanted. They went there with GC Hope, so this would be a, a silver lining if they could really come through and deliver on this one for for a grand tour for the year and wrap off the season. And do a back to back. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Back to back with two different riders is that's pretty pretty special for We're any, any team. Sky Ineos sort yeah, of it is, the... <laughs> it is, and I'm sure Jerry Ryan w- would love that, and and so would so would uh, Matt White as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also two oh, noticeable Aussies starting uh, this year at the uh, the Vuelta: Robert Power and Michael Strohr for Sunweb. What do you make of that? I mean, again, it's it's great to to have uh, Rob Power. Um, you know, he's come come through. He's definitely. Uh, proved he's worthy of, of starting uh, Grand Tour and uh, it's great to see him progress through that, um, mm-hmm. that those ranks No Garen Thomas no Eagle Bernard No no. Expected or not Somewhat expected uh, Yeah After the performance of the Tour Yeah I mean well after after the Tour you know again uh, with uh, you know with, with the hopefuls of what they had the pressure on them with that Tour and they're not delivering I mean second draw prize of going to the Walter but Really, you know, you're aiming for the tour if you're at the tour. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, one last question before we wrap up this podcast for you. Tour de France, just going to come back quickly on the Tour de France. You're next FDJ rider. How did you leave the Pinot experience this I, year? I was gutted, to be honest. Um, watching the tour, you know, I was... It was nice to have that really that underdog there. You know, I was in the team with Pino. Um, mm-hmm. On a personal level, I didn't get on with him that well. It yeah. was a little bit jarring. Come to, on, tell us. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit jarring to to deal with. Um, but you know, overall, I really was enjoying seeing him perform, and I loved the you know the sporadic way he rides, not looking at numbers or anything like that. He just just feels and goes. So, mm-hmm. you know, Mac has mentioned this, that he, it, it, it is exciting watching him race. And I was really loving that. And I was up late watching it, ready, ready. And then, you know, I was like, I switched on the TV and yeah. he was off pulling uh, some sort of strap off his knee. And I was like, was, I was in disbelief with everyone else watching at that time. Yeah. I couldn't believe that his tour hopes had just come to a crashing halt. Um, and it was devastating for for all all of the French. You know, we had Alaphilippe still in there plugging away. Yeah, well, and we do. We, you knew we, we knew the writing we, was on the wall. We Alaphilippe. knew the ride was on the wall, but um, with with Thibaut, I really did um, hope hope that yeah. things were going to sh- really shaken up. And although I was really eyeing uh, Maka's house, and I <laughs> and I just would have loved to have seen what Mark made. We've all probably seen the videos of yeah. of him yelling at the TV screen. Uh, you know, at the, at the team bus uh, with Pino coming to the finish line, winning the stage. But is he like this in the real life? This Mark is him in real life. This is, so <laughs> this is the character that I saw when I was at the tour, and also when I did Paris Bay. Um, this is the character and the and the you know the bubbly like he's just living on the edge mm-hmm. of his of his seat <laughs> when he's watching. Uh, you know, these riders to him are his children. So you know, that's that's his family as well. This team, it's really close knit like that. And for him to see Thibaut Pinot win the Tour de France, I think it would have been next level. I mean, I reckon he would have probably almost had a stroke or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Wes. Thank you very much for having me, Christophe. This was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Let me remind you that you can uh, download or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log rides with our friends at Zwift. Until the next one, which will probably be about the Vuelta, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. 
With training plans, interval workouts, group rides and a global community to motivate you, level up and become a stronger rider. Give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today for your free trial.